Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Eating Salads. It's me again, Austin Crosby, and I'm coming off of a uh, quite tasty salad. Thought I'd cue uh, you in, catch you up on uh, the mystery, the problems that we've been working on, the research we've been doing over here at Eating Salads. Casey is still munching on her, uh, her delicious salad, and I really do want to get this one across to you guys, right? Sometimes recipes are more or less important. This one, though, worth a try. Worth a think, at least. Very Mediterranean. We had lettuce in a kit that also had those colorful kinds of carrots from Trader Joe's. Also had some nuts and seeds in a vinaigrette. We added to it cucumber, yellow bell pepper, and then I cooked some lentils with olive oil and some garam masala seasoning and yogurt. And we combined all those things. And it had a graininess to it. The spices had a graininess to it. The seeds and beans, carrots, there was crunch that transcended granular sizes. It was, there was all of it. It was crunch on the big, crunch on the small. Soft on the big, soft on the small. Smooth and gritty, like delicious sand mixed with yogurt. Um, forgive me, I'm going to squirt some Lysol here in a moment. That makes a different noise. Okay, um, I did a lot of research today into my transfer switch, off-grid, on-grid, AC-coupled solar conundrum. I watched some tinkerers, some hackers in the true sense, go about combining systems in their house. One guy is uploading videos currently. You know, He's probably in his garage right now because his last video was from a couple days ago. And what he's been doing is hooking up his 10-year-old Mitsubishi electric car with a DIY vehicle-to-grid system to power his house through the panel via an inverter that he repurposed. But he has to basically work like a generator where he cuts off the main power and cuts off his grid-tied solar panels so that he can backfeed from his car to his house. I think that's fascinating and cool. Saw a woman in the UK who was part of a pilot vehicle-to-grid program where she had her Nissan Leaf, her newer Nissan Leaf, hooked up um, to charge off-peak and then discharge on-peak. And she showed some amazing, the install process, they had to get their service to the house upgraded. And then, uh, which, you know, they had to tunnel underneath her driveway, etc., and hook up this special box. But then she showed her electric bills, her energy consumption. And at one point, the state of her leaf and its battery, because one of the arguments against vehicle-to-grid charging 
is that discharging your car to power your house or to make you money, sorry, is bad for the batteries. And one of the things holding this back in America especially are the battery warranties on cars, on electric vehicles, which, by the way, get the most batteries by far go into electric vehicles. They have the massive, massive batteries by comparison to anything else. And they have extensive warranties that go, you know, 10, 15 years or whatever, million miles, half a million miles. Well, the problem with that is warranting warranting a battery based on miles, which is mostly used not to drive any miles. So if your battery is mostly discharging into the grid and sitting in your driveway, you know, it's getting, oh, it's getting too much use. That's kind of, I think, Tesla's reason not to do this. So far, that's been reasoning given. Ford might actually be the American first vehicle to grid, but right now they're saying they're going to be vehicle to home, which is slightly different. That's like that generator use case that we talked about a minute ago, not pushing back out to the grid, but rather only to your house. Um, where was I getting at? Ford might do that, and they say it won't void their battery's warranty, and it doesn't void Nissan's battery warranty in other regions. This lady goes on to show her state of charge of her battery after uh, a y two years, I think, of doing this, and the key takeaway was it really did not substantially harm the battery to be using it like this. It went down 1% life in two years or so, and... Um, was making her like 170 pounds a month. So that's not bad at all. And um, her key, another key point was the kind of, that was only using 30% of her battery. So she set the charger to only use a third of her battery for the purpose of doing vehicle to grid for payments. And uh, the key takeaway was that it's not like accelerating your car uses way more electricity than like just powering the grid a little bit. So these, the batteries for cars are way over engineered for this. Anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. I watched another guy who uh, last night actually in bed, we watched a lady who set up her garage as like an off grid solar powered garage with a lot of caveats, basically, that it, it was another one of these kind of like <clears throat> generator setups, solar generator setups that certain things couldn't be powered by. So it was like had the option of being hooked up to the grid to run her big tools. And then another dude that was like an electrician, I take it, who had set up a whole bunch of inverters and was powering his shed off grid, but then hooked his house up to also be powered off of his shed, but then had to turn it off the grid to do that. And he was doing kind of the most complicated inverter setups where he had the most inverters going into the most things, going into different sub panels. Then I got into this idea of like, we have a car charger port 
a 50 amp NEMA 15, 50, you know, 1450 or 1550 whatever plug in our garage that should be split split phase. I mean, you should be able to plug in something massive to that and, and power the whole house off of our EV charger or just about the whole house off of our EV charger. And that's what took me down the Ford route, looking into that and wondering if we have enough room even on our breaker to ever add anything that would put load. And then I realized, well, we kind of already have a thing on our breaker that could do this, a dedicated 50 amp circuit that's only sometimes used to charge our car. I wonder if ever we could upgrade that to 100 amps and then use it to push back into the whole house. Well, I think someone could, but we have this whole Tesla Powerwall and solar already set up to be tied to the grid, and that really must complicate things. Then I went to, I don't know, man, I went digging, and I found a photo that's no longer on the website of like a big Pelican case inverter battery charger setup that seemed to do just what I'm saying, had a male NEMA 1550 amp plug coming out of it that you could hypothetically plug into this plug in our garage and then hook up to a whole bunch of solar panels. But again, I think the massive caveat is those are supposed to be used as generators. And apparently there's a lot of issues running generators and solar. Like you're not supposed to do both of those. I guess. I don't know how that's so specific. Then when you see Tesla's frequently asked questions at one point, you know, they say, no, you can use, you can hook up a generator with all of this, but the power walls will kick on before the generator kicks on. And then only when the power walls are depleted, will your generator be used and the generator cannot be used to charge the power walls. So it's not as simple as it should be. It might be simpler for other people, but there has been this war on plug-in solar, apparently being fought in the shadows. And I think that for a lot of people, it should become, there should be regulatory you know, avenues to just be able to plug solar into your wall in your house. It seems to be a thing in certain countries and jurisdictions Vehicle to grid seems to be a version of that, right? Because it's something that you do plug. So is it just that the plug needs to be sturdier, needs to be hooked up to something a little bit beefier? Like that would be the case with the Ford system where there's a charger that you can use that's 100 amp or anything below 100 amp, whatever you have available to you. But then another big box that I guess would get hardwired into your whole electric supply like our power wall and it's like our tesla system but it's the gateway the inverter and those then use the car as the power wall so you need to get that whole you know mini fridge sized thing installed hardwired by electricians and i just think like well if you already have a, con a big beefy connection to your thing shouldn't you just be able to be plugging into that I, I would guess. And th then I wonder if it's just a matter of 
how up or down is it further upline or further down load from where the tesla stuff is is that the only important deal anyway when you go to their frequently asked questions they also have one that's like can i add more solar to my system and they go oh we would prefer not to we would if you want more solar we would do another parallel system to not interfere with the first setup and then people on forums answering this same kind of question, oh, I want more solar. They seem to say like Tesla won't do that for you. An in, in example being like Tesla doesn't want to install panels on anything but a roof. So if you wanted to put solar panels on big racks and arrays in your backyard or like one guy on his covered porch, um, you need to get a third party Tesla certified installer to and hook those up to your existing solar system because they don't want to do it themselves. Um, importantly, that's not like what I'm talking about. And all of this research, the current point I'm sitting at right now of potentially someday wanting to do an off-grid solar system solar generator system with more functionality i think that the best middle ground might be to have our current grid tied house that's self-sufficient six months of the year and helps in the winter if you had an electrical solar battery generator which is that other class of items we've talked about a transfer switch to put that on so that it's not grid tied and then attach it to a sub panel which again is not grid which has a transfer switch on it and then move whole circuits from your house and your grid tied panel off of the grid tied panel onto an off grid panel and I, I, I don't know that this would even be allowed or legal. So what you would do, you would have like the offices we, where our house is four, four floors. We'd put the bottom two floors from in the garage. We'd take them out of the main electrical panel and put them on the other side of a transfer switch on. Sometimes these are called essential load panels, but ironically, this would be all the non-essential load. We would put all of those on a sub panel with a transfer switch between it and the main panel. And then we'd have that powered by a solar battery generator hookup. And that hookup could then take the edge off the main system in the winter and it could potentially, it, it could definitely, power infrared heaters plugged into the wall like normal in all those rooms on the two floors so it would effectively like make the house half as large for the existing solar system and then use more efficient means in the other rooms to heat those areas of the house power the computers etc it's very it's way overcomplicated but I'm just also trying to think about the issues of like, well, what happens when you want to take your solar power and go? What, I mean, 
why can't you have an art? Also, one thing I never maybe mentioned, or I, I definitely mentioned it now that I think about it, but there was this solar RV that was featured on Fully Charged recently that the uh, Eindhoven students in the Netherlands or Germany or wherever made this amazingly efficient, lightweight RV that they drove all the way across Europe on solar power. And it has as many batteries as uh, like a Model Y or Model X. It has like 60 kilowatt hours of batteries. So 150% of our solar power walls, right? And then it has four kilowatts of expandable solar panels on the top of it, which charge it while it drives and parked and everything. It expands. And that's, you know, like a third of our solar. And... It's also an RV that can plug into an RV port, and we have one of those in our garage. And a lot of people, when I revisited this video, made the same point in the comment section that I thought to myself, and that's, man, that, for the vast majority of use cases, that solar RV would produce and store way more energy than is needed inside of that RV. And the best thing to do with that RV would be to just plug it in your driveway and let it power your house. But there's no reason why that couldn't just drive away and bring you across the whole country without ever having to use a charger. And uh, synthesize that with these other things I've been saying. Where it's like, oh, and then I learned you can just plug in electricity and make it go in reverse. And if you have enough on your load center room for all the amperage... You could just plug into it. Wait, how would that work with our power wall? You know what I mean? Is Oh, and then I see a guy doing this sort of thing DIY in his garage with an old inverter. And you're like, wait, what? Is this possible but not legal? You know what I mean? Anyway, thank you so much. This has been a long one. Please stay healthy. Come again tomorrow.